Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And this week, you're in for a special treat as we have two amazing guests. First up, Rose with Jamie, who has an amazing lipstick company, as well as a branding Rose kit. And Alex Katz of Protector Sellers. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody drink Rose. Rose. So we sipping rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sipping rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sipping rose. We gonna sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Sipping rose. Hey there, friends. It's Renee. Woo! That's right. It's me, friends. I'm back for another episode of the Rosie Hour Podcast, and today we're with me, bartender Ben. Yay! Yeah, we getting it popping, popping, pop, pop, pop. Boyaka, 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 blah. Well, that's kind of funny. Like, how how are those noises like created? Like, who was the person that was like, you know what? Blah. That no means bullshit. that means happiness, especially. Uh, people from New York, you have a lot of different sounds in uh, like neighborhoods. Is it colloquialism? Uh, yeah, I guess. Is, is that the term colloquialism? I think that's what you could like, call it. Word is born. I'm like a yeah, you heard. Uh, no, no, just your yard. Uh, what's another like New the York bodega term? boys do that? Yeah, like what's another New York term? Son, like yeah. what's good, son? Yeah, word to God. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, son? What's so, popping? That's that popping. I think it's just a regular. Word. So if anybody could comment, you know, on uh, IG about you know New York colloquialisms and why they exist and uh, why Timberlands so popular in New York, we would greatly would like to know. I want to know why Timberlands are so popular by New Yorkers. Right. Like right. it's it's uh, yes, it is cold. Yes, there's a lot of construction. Yes, you know there's snow, but like Timberland and like the 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 nude like the brown color ones. I mean. I ain't gonna lie. I have a pick uh, of butters. I think everyone has had one, but I've never had them. <gasps> I had chocolate ones. They were like what? super brown, like chocolate brown, and I had some pink ones. You never had a pair of Timberland butters? No. Yeah, we gotta fix that no. man, for Christmas. Like, I gotta no. get you some butters, man. Yeah, Sorry. hell yeah. I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't match my outfit. <laughs> no, nah, man. Timberlands go with a good pair of jeans and a hoodie. You know, you try and dress it up, but dress it down. You know, you you, you got a lot of options with the. With I the mean, Timberland. they're kind of heavy. They they are. I do not like driving in Timberland. Yeah, it's like my foot on the gas is a little too much. Mm-hmm. Just too much. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, what is that you're sipping on today? Oh my god! I thought you'd never ask. I'm drinking a uh, man. This is a uh, protector wine. Protect the cellars. Okay, cool. And Protect the sellers. Yes, and and what's so awesome about this is Alex is our second interview today, and he talks about how this is like the world's first climate positive winery. Um, it certifies sustainable grapes that are efficient packaging, beyond carbon neutral footprints. There's no excuses, no crom- compromises, no crappy wine. It's super dope, and it comes in a can. So I'm sipping on it right now, and I think you know I would like to become an ambassador, a spokesman 
for this drink. Like, I, I, I approve this message. His name is Bartender Ben, and he approves this wine. You're damn right. I mean, it's in a can, but you know what's crazy? A lot of canned wines, you know, we've tried, like, they taste real watery, and the feel is off. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like a rosé. Yeah, and what, so, I, what I also like about it is it comes in, like, a pack of four. So, like, and I think with the pack of four, it's, like, seven glasses of wine. Like, how dope is that? Seven glasses of wine in the four cans. Man, you, man, listen. Hey, look, oh, I'm already there. Hold on, you know what one thing we got to check out? We all know what his favorite thing is to say. Alcohol content. What the hell? What is this it? This can is 13.1%. Yeah, it'll get Thir- you there. 13. I'll get you there. <laughs> T- time out, man. No, oh, no, nah, hold on. Yeah, I hit the wrong button. Do it again. 13.1% in this can So the can You know uh, is, is is the size of like A, a Red Bull can So yeah. you kind of picture You know The shape of it Pretty much the shape Size all that Is of a, a, a Red Bull can Man my, my, Alex is my new best friend I'm going to have to fight you for him I mean No Alex in. is my best friend And you will hear in the interview He tells He he, pro, he pronounces his um, Appreciation of our new best friendship right, um, but He ain't met me yet though <laughs> Well That's the beauty of it Because he gets to meet you on Thursday Which is tomorrow guys uh, For our tour series On Instagram Live That you're doing Tune in We're going to see his uh, Whole uh, Winery Yes. We're getting a, a cool behind the scenes tour. We're walking through. We're asking all the questions that wine enthusiasts and people who just get drunk want to know. We, we want to ask what the drunks want to know. Right. So <laughs> I'm already there with you. You already know who I am and what I'm about. So we're going to make sure we ask right questions and really get into how the wine is made, how we got into the business, and the real behind the scenes of it. So I think this is what makes this uh, series a really good thing, especially in the wine space, because we're able to see how it's created. Yeah, I think a lot of people... um never been to a vineyard winery you know and and are new to the space of wine right Mm -hmm. and i mean a lot there are people who have grown up drinking wine but i mean i'll be honest in most black families growing up drinking wine like a boone's farm arbor mist you know (laughs) or you remember the remember the the gallon jugs with the finger hole in it yes oh my no that was what i did in college and that was like 4.99 yes i want to i want to buy one of those and maybe we can uh, uh, feature that on one of our episodes we should you know why because we want to drink all the rosé because we believe in there there's got to be a rosé that we we have at every option of life whether I mean, you, you got five thousand dollars or five dollars there's got to be options i'm talking about in the in the in the jug of wine oh i know i trust me do, do you think they have a, a rosé in that oh of course they do it's the and what's always funny about those they're at the bottom shelf of every store yes they're on the because <laughs> you can't put that gallon on the top Yeah, it's too heavy yeah well <laughs> one more thing about protector sellers that What's i want to say is uh alex actually was actually a person who used to make high-end wines uh, and he you know ended up with access and knowledge that makes this pretty spectacular wine right now uh, that you don't have to think twice about opening as you have it right uh, the wines are seriously good but they are not serious and that's what we love about this and they're good for enjoying with friends uh, with any occasion in life 
They go with you everywhere because it is a can. So you can take it to, you know, a social distance holiday celebration. Or when you plan a World War Z or Madden or 2K. All of those things. You can just pop <laughs> you a can and get down with it. I mean, this thing, again, it's like uh, the size of a Red Bull can. Some yeah, if you you know if you want to sneak this into the movie, you know tell your girl hey go stuff these a couple of these in your purse, you could definitely do that. It's it's a uh, movie sneakable size when we get when you know when the world opens back up, you know. Or or you can socially distance outside and watch a movie in your backyard with one. You can do that too. Or go hiking and drink one. Oh yeah. You could do it with so many things. Oh my things. god! You can. Uh, you could do it. Put your back into it. I'm just about all to say, you have go to do. Ride that street street <laughs> court. I'm like, damn, you can't. I like, yeah, go for a road trip. No, no, no you cannot drink and drive, and we don't endorse drinking and driving. But we don't do that. Yes, no, we do not endorse that. You know, bartender Ben, be a little extra. He got thirteen percent going on in his cup right now. So foolishness will ensue. Hey. But yeah, hey, I blame really your love boy. It. Blame your best friend. Uh, don't worry about it. My best friend is my best friend. And I appreciate everything about Alex. Uh, hey. And also, I want to talk about <laughs> Jamie, who Rose with Jamie, who we met on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's our first interview, and she does a lot of educational resources on her uh, Instagram page to teach and educate people not only about wine, but specifically Rose. Hmm. It's and, really awesome. And, and, and that needs to happen. Yeah. And she talks about how she, you know, it's a multi uh, serial, if you will, entrepreneur. So she has a lipstick business as well as doing uh, this creative educational resource for Rose. Girl, I feel you. Yes, you know, queen. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm, if she's the queen, of the, I'm the king of serial entrepreneurship. Yes. I'll sell you some land off the floor. Hey, I mean, if so, there's always something someone's going to buy. So All we're right. here for it. <laughs> so, yeah, be, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and can't wait to lock in with these interviews and hear what they got going on. Yes. Well, we um, can actually get into them right now. So first oh. up, we are going to go to Rosé with Jamie. What's up, girl? Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, you guys, I am in like total shock and awe because she's so amazing. She is so creative. Her posts on Instagram are so delightful, educational, resourceful, and informative. Like you got all the education coming from her. She's <laughs> in Boston. She's a Rose educator and lead content copywriter. She's into beauty and lifestyle content as well and has an amazing lipstick and rosé sort of businesses that she runs. No more waiting, people, because here she is, Rosé with Jamie. Hey! Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. We are so happy that you are here because, like, you, Queen, are killing the game. Oh, thanks so much. I am so <laughs> delighted to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. This is a long time coming. It is. It is. And, you know, I think like we had 2020 has been a dumpster fire of a year. <laughs> and it, it is the same with everything in life. It's like I I'm just a little bit far behind than I want to be. But here we are. We are here today. We are here, guys. 
with the amazing we are here. Jamie. Yes. Yay! So, like, Jamie, you you do so many things, and you're a content creator and multiple spaces, and also a business owner. How did you get into like the lipstick slash rose wine industry, and like making this all work? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. So start with the lipstick. I actually got into the lipstick in 2018 with um, my best friend who is of a different ethnicity and her being from Sweden and me being from a plethora of the many cultures that us African-American women are part of. Um, Caribbean, Latina, um, we were playing around with lipsticks one day and then she was like, Hey, let me try your lipstick. And I was like, yeah, let me try yours. And we were, we were like, no, this is, this is not going to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <we're> like nah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you can't wear mine and I can't wear yours. So then we were kind of like bummed because we were like, okay, so why isn't there just a lipstick that like, if I wanted to wear yours, it looked good on me and then vice versa. So that's how the journey started. Um, we started looking at manufacturers and trying different formulas and we finally found manufacturers along with a pigmented formula that worked on both of our skin tones and it's our aha moment happened when we did a vendor fair after we launched in 2019 um and the my friend who was helping me at the the vendor fair she was like jamie look at everybody wearing a lipstick like they not one person looks like they're wearing the same thing even though they're all coming from the same lipstick too it was crazy because there were latina girls there there were caucasian girls there there were black girls there and from the same we only had two colors at the time they all looked different on everybody so we started calling it the magic lipstick because it complemented everybody's skin tone so that's how the journey started um and we wanted it to be cruelty free but also gluten-free for people who had allergies and you know some people like to bite their lips and lick their lips so in case that that happened you know it was ingestible at the same time as well as being cruelty free so yeah that's that's where the lipstick journey started and we've been in business for about a year now so we're still we're still pretty new we're still we're still fresh and still babies but um we wanted to create a couple of more colors to add to the game so we just came out with um the lipsticks based on destinations um zurich and barcelona so the name of the lipsticks are called week and weekend and the week is just a plain color that you would wear during the week we wanted something that we both have kids so we wanted something that didn't look too loud like you were going to go run errands you pick your kids up like we didn't want anything that was like glam in your face so we have like a nude and um that's the week and then the weekend is red but it's not a in your face red it's more of like a subtle red but you still have that pop of color mm. so keeping with the name weekend weekend we wanted to add destinations to it because we're both level lovers of um, european travel and fashion so um weekend weekend in zurich is more of like that icy shimmery cool colors and then weekend weekend in barcelona has more of that summer vibe Yes, I love that. And I love that you guys created a lipstick that sort of goes with every tone because, you know, like, for instance, like, I'm a darker hue black lady. And so, Mm -hmm. like, whenever I buy red lipsticks, it looks terrible. And, you know, I can't wear, like, pinks, purples. But, like, to hear that you guys are like, this is going to look good on everyone. You don't have to worry about it. 
like huge. And it's very inclusive right. of so many people that are excluded in the beauty industry. Yes. And that was the reason why we wanted to create it. And I, I feel like we didn't know that there was a need until we came across that problem. Mm. Um, and once we realized that, that's when we were like, okay, this is something that we have to do. But not only that, a lot of people love the story behind the brand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they love the story of how it was created. And Rosé comes into the game because a lot of our sessions and a lot of our late night talking and hanging up would, hanging out would all be over a glass of rosé. Like you always Aww, have rosé. That's so cute. <laughs> so rosé was always, yeah, it makes sense. Rosé was always in the picture. Um, and then I'm going to jump into how I got into um, the rosé wine writing industry. Um, so from doing that with the lipsticks and always having a glass of rosé and trying to do rosés, I saw my opportunity this summer, um, you know, hanging out on Twitter and trying to get into, I had to pivot my career because um, I was originally a hip hop dance teacher. Oh, wow. And yeah, so doing that and then, you know, studios closed down and then everything started going online virtually. And I just, I'm not the Zoom dancer. Like I'm just, I'd, I'd rather be in a classroom with my students, with teaching the classes with the mirrors and you get more of that engagement level as opposed to just looking at a kid on the screen. Yeah. Um, so, so I was yeah, just like, okay, imagine. this is not going to work for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's gotta be tragic sometimes. Like, come on kid, kick your knee, kick your yeah, knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was tough. It was tough, you know, and I, and I get it. There's not that motivation there. You know, you're a lot of kids are there that's staring at the screen. Some of them had the opportunity to either keep their screen on, to turn their screen on. You don't even know if they're doing the dances that you're teaching them. So it's like, I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. <is> right. <laughs> right. So then I went into um, looking, I was like, okay, I have to pivot my career. What is it that I want to do? And I've always wanted to create a blog, but I never really knew what it was that I wanted to start writing a blog about. And I was like, oh, well, let's start about Rose. So that's where. That came in. I started the blog of Rosé, and in doing research, I found um, within Twitter and looking at publications that there were a lot of publications that were looking for writers from people of color, women of color. Um, this was during the whole George Floyd movement where diversity really started to set in and people were starting to notice like, hey, I don't have content from any you know, black writers and women of color. So let's start getting those voices in there. So that was my shoe in. I took that chance and I was like, you know what? This is now the time. This is now my yes. opportunity if I want to jump in. So I pitched Food and Wine and I got my article published in Food and Wine and it was about Rosé. Yes. Come on, Queen. Food and Wine. You went, you went hard, honey. You were like, I'm a go for it. I did. I did. I totally, I went in. I saw the opportunity and I don't even think I was thinking of the name Food and Wine. I was thinking more of like the writing part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just being hungry and like, you know, say, saying to myself, you know, if I'm, I'm going to write about this, I know about this subject. Let me just pitch it and see what happens. Not knowing that, you know, they'd say, hey, yeah, we'd love to, you know, write about it. Can you send us 500 words? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. 
I'm going to need another bottle of rosé. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's how I got into the industry and I and I fell in love with it and I learned that I actually, I love writing. Um, so I learned that, you know, that I love writing and I love rosé and that's all I want to talk about and that's all I want to write about. And, um, and I think it's okay. You know, a lot of people have these notions where it's like, you can't just drink one thing. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you like you know, like, have you ever went to a bar and, like, it's like a local bar and it's like that, that guy that's there every Tuesday at 5.30 and he's like, I want a Bud Light. Like, that's his jam. He's not getting bourbon. He's not getting whiskey. He gets a Bud Light, right? So it's the same right. thing with rosé. Like, I like a good rosé. You like, I mean, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's what we do. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. And, um, you know, the fact, the other reason why I started the blog, too, was because once I started to learn about the varietals of rosé and starting to understanding how it was made, and I noticed that people were calling it white wine, I would get really upset. Mm. Like, how are you categorizing this as, as white wine? Like, why do you call it that? And they say, oh, because it's light. And I'm like, but just because it's light, it doesn't mean that it's a white wine. Right. You know, so then I'm like, okay, people really don't know. That's when I, and I saw too that people didn't really know how rosé was made. The origin of rosé, they just thought it was this light colored pink drink that was classified as a white wine because it was very pale in color. Mm. Um so then when people started to, you know, calling it, you know, I call it the rookie mistake that people make with rosé. Um, that's where the blog started to pick up. And I was like, I have to write more about this, but I also need to create content educating people so that they know. And, you know, I'm just putting things on, on my Instagram thinking that people know this, but a lot of them are like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that about rosé. Yeah. Um, so that makes me... That makes me happy to know that I'm also producing content that people are getting, you know, information from and I'm educating people um, on the pink drink, on the pink wine and why it's delicious and yummy and it has so many varietals that you can, you can fall in love with all of them or you can just keep one as a favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so unique of a of a wine because... You know, depending on how it's made, you know, I mean, you know, more than, you know, I clearly. Um, but like, I love how like some people in order to make their rosé, they use a little red, they use a little white to try to figure out how to get that balance for their pink. And like even seeing like darker hue pinks um, mm -hmm. and even those like crisp, like light pinks. It's just so amazing to see how different winemakers, you know, create and make their their wine stand out. And like you do a great job of allowing people the opportunity to learn more and provide like a real resource for people. So you're 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 helping the community. <laughs> you're helping <laughs> Thank the community. You. Thank you. We applaud you. That's and your Thank efforts. you. <laughs> that pushes me even more to create more content. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know like you really go into like different types of content and like there's videos and there's also like, you know, TikToks and, you know, uh, like informative, like infographics. How do you like kind of come up with that? It's really, it's based on, I try to base it on a grid, um, an aesthetic grid for my page 
to kind of keep the information fun, informative, um, at the same time keeping with the structure of having information, then I'll have a photo and then I'll have a video and, you know, to where it, it aligns aesthetically on the page. I don't really think I think so much as like planning ahead with the content, which I know you're supposed to. Um, but you I do give, it more Tony. on you a... Don't need to play. <laughs> <laughs> you're gifted. You don't need to play. <laughs> Thank you. But that's how I do it. I do it on a on a a daily basis on what can I what can I give today? What is it that they need to know today? Should they learn something today? Should I post a picture of wine today? Should I give them a little video? Um, that's really how I base my content and so far I'm finding that it's it's working out that way. Yeah. Um, it's working out it's working out good. Oh, it definitely people who is. are informed. <laughs> I re-repost all the time um, a lot of your work because it's so captivating. And, you know, it really gets to the point. And I think you get to um, where you don't make it like this taboo, bougie, bourgeois, whatever you want to call it, type of thing as, as many people feel wine is. You make it really... Like, hey, everyone can learn about it. It's it's regardless if you're a sommelier or somebody who likes to drink on Tuesdays. You've you've right. made content that kind of like touches both sectors and everything in between. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I consider myself a rose wine snob, but not a wine snob in the sense that I'm hoity toity. More a snob in the sense of I'm protective of my pink drink and if I can inform everyone on how the pink drink is made and not and use use basically layman's terms like it doesn't have to be all wine knowledge all the time it could be broken down um so that you get an understanding of of the wine no, and still I love speak that. the lingo yeah because like one thing i know for me is like when people say buttery i'm like your buttery is not my buttery. I don't think this is buttery. <laughs> I need you to break down what you mean by buttery. This is not, this is not buttery. <laughs> right. And that's the other misconception too, is that, you know, people throw out these terms, but everyone's taste buds are different. Mm-hmm. You know, the way I sip and sample wine is not going to be the same way that your taste buds sample the wine that I like. Just like, there may be a rosé that you love that I tasted and I might not like it and vice versa. Um, so that's why I always implore that people have wine tastings within, you know, their own wine tastings and try all different wines and learn how to taste the varietals um, and experience what you taste. And if something is, feels juicy to you, then it's juicy, right? Like the whole buttery term... I like, I like the how body. you use juicy. <laughs> right. Like if it's juicy, it's juicy. If it has, you know, and then there's, it goes into the body and it goes into tannins. Like you, you, you they use big words, but if you, you could just break them down. You know, tannin re- relates to the structure of a wine and rosés don't have as much tannin mm-hmm. as red wine. You'll find more tannin in a red wine more than you'll find them in um, a rosé because rosé is a, a little more acidic than tannic. So, you know, there's that whole scale, but it, it can be, wine lingo can be broken down to where the novice could even understand what you're saying as opposed to, you know, talking about biodynamics and bioethical and... <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. And like, there's always a simpler way of saying things. That's what I've learned in law school. 
is, you know, you don't have to try to use the legal term if people don't understand legal jargon. So, (laughs) same thing in my industry. You don't have to use it. Just get your point across. (laughs) Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. So true. Well, Jamie, I I just want people to to see this content. How can they follow and, and sort of see and connect with you? So to see, um, well, there's two ways that you can follow my content. The first one is my Rosé with Jamie page, my Instagram. So that's R-O-S-A-Y with Jamie, J-A-I-M-E. And the other is my blog where I post a lot of my content and have links to my published articles. And that is lipstickandrosé.com. Yes. And I like how you spell rosé. You got to say it. Yes, people. Say your rosé. <laughs> you got to say the rosé. You, you got to say it. You got to say this rosé. Yes. You have to. You have to. You have to. So mm-hmm. as, as the queen of rosé, I would love to know what is your favorite rosé? So, of course, you know, that's hard one for me. <laughs> but I will tell you that I do have a few that I keep in rotation. Um, and the reason why is I love, um, first of all, I love all my provincial rosés, my French wine region. Like, I am a big queen of the French wine. Mm-hmm. Um And one of the big ones that I always have in my fridge is Notorious Pink. Rosé. And the reason why I love that one is because that one I can drink chilled or room temp. Mm. Um, And I find that drinking it room temp, you taste more of those. It's 100% Grenache grape is is the base of a rosé. So when you get a rosé that's French, you're going to have a Grenache base. And this one has no blend with other varietals. So 100% Grenache base is my favorite style of rosé. And the Notorious Pink is also uh, Fuvé, which is a French term for the way that it's it's a particular varietal and it's a way that it's created to make like this silky, nice rosé. Just like comes right off the tongue with the fruity flavors. Um, So that one is my favorite. I always have that one on rotation. When I see it, I pick it up. Plus, the packaging is great. I love the frosted glass bottle. Um, Because as you know, you want to protect your rosé because there's something that's called light strike. Mm -hmm. Um, Light light strike happens when light hits the glass bottles and it kind of paints the wine and can make it a little flawed. Um, So the bottle is frosted, so it prevents the light strike from happening. The other that I keep in rotation is also a Cote de Provence. It's called Mimi. Mimi in Provence. M-I-M-I. That's another one that I keep in rotation. Um, Price-wise, it's great. And you still get that same pale pink color, which I'm I'm one for like the pale pink. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pale pink girl when it comes to um, the rosé, when it comes to the rosés, especially the French one. So those two I definitely keep in circulation is the Notorious Pink and the Mimi in Provence. But I mean, I could, I could go on all day about <laughs> different different types of rosés because they're all different. 
Yeah, and they all have a special place in, in in your heart, and that's and that's how you know, like you know, Rose, because it's like you know when you like this one. Like maybe it's because it's warm outside, so this is your go-to. So that's what is so amazing about you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I got I. I love the love the pink drink. Love the pink. I think it's because um, I was a Barbie girl when I was little. I blame my mom. <laughs> I will just say, you know, I think I subscribe to that too, and I never thought about it like that. So thank you for that that awakening right there. Like that's an aha moment. So <laughs> I think that's how it happens. I think, I think so that's too. how the colors happen. Yep. It was it was throw up. My room was throw up Pepto Bismol. <laughs> um with pink and strawberry shortcake. Oh. Yeah. And Barbie and yeah, I was yeah, it was I, I, I get why I, I like Rosé now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you do because you make some amazing content and provide great resources for people. An amazing lipstick that is very inclusive and really brings people together because no lipstick looks the same. It's the same, but it's not the same. I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Jean, we appreciate you and definitely we'll have to have you back on to talk more uh, because we, we love to, to talk to people who are really into rosé. So we definitely will want to invite you back onto the show as well. Oh, yes. I'd love to. We could even do some rosé trivia. That would be fun. Ooh, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking some time out and talking with us and educating people about who you are and also giving some good knowledge. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so blessed to be here. Thank you. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Clank, 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 clank. Great interview. Thanks, Jamie, so much for joining us today. And if you're not following her, don't forget to follow her on Instagram. That's at Rose, R-O-S-A-Y with Jamie, J-A-I-M-E. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to the amazing founder of Protector Sellers, my new best friend, Alex Katz. Yay! Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, I've met my long-lost best friend. He is the owner, founder, creator of an amazing wine company that's environmentally friendly and super awesome and amazing. He is none other than the famous Alex! Woo! Pew, 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 pew! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm famous, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. I, and I have a best friend, so it's awesome. Glad I mean, to be here. I feel like, <laughs> where were you that day in kindergarten when I was like, where's my best friend? You're supposed to meet your best friend in kindergarten. You did not show up. There, there was an empty seat next to me, too. And I was like, where, where, where's your name? I know. But now we found each other. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah. You've been lost all these years. 
Yeah, but we finally found each other. And that's the important thing. And you know why we found each other? Over our love of wine. <laughs> there you go. If, oh. You know, if you ever had any question that the Rose Hour podcast was worth it, now you know. It was so You have worth your answer. It. <laughs> the moment it all, all came. All the work, all the work you put in. This is the moment I've been waiting for, you guys. <laughs> today's the day. I am cry laughing right now. <laughs> because today's the day that I'm like, it was all worth it. I met my best friend. <laughs> all that late all that hard work. Man, and here we are. Here we are. You guys, you you guys are going to be just so excited to talk with Alex and hear his story because he is the owner of Protector Sellers. And one, your can is so dope. I stalked you on Instagram because I was like, I love your brand. It's so awesome. Thank you. And like, Thank you. how did you come up? Well, one, how did you even get into this industry to have your own wine company? Okay, well... I would have to say that it all started when I got fired from yes! my last job. <laughs> yes! Um, so, yeah, yeah. I I was working in the magazine industry in New York, um, 2009. And um, I, my boss called me into her office and said, do you even want to work here? And I looked her in the eyes <laughs> And I thought, and I said, I'm not sure, but I think she knew what that meant. And that was basically the end of my career at the magazine industry. But luckily, um, my best friend from high school, Josh Flapper, um, he was a sommelier in LA and he had just started to make some wine um, on the Central Coast of California. And so he was like, hey, um, now that you've got some time on your hands, why don't you come out here and help me figure out how to make wine and run this winery? Um, and I, you know, I got into wine a little bit in college and it was always something that I was kind of interested in, not super knowledgeable about at that time. Um, but when he said that, I was like, sure, why not? So I went up to California for a couple months um, we sort of worked on the business a little bit. Um, the winery he had started at that time was called La Sinetra. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, well, I can't even get into the name situation, but we did we did rebrand it a few years later um, to, to Tambor Winery, so that's still around. Um, so basically, Josh and I worked on, on Tambor together for the last 10 years. And... Um, Really, over the last maybe like four or five years, I was I was noticing that the first thing I really noticed was that harvests were getting earlier every year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, one thing I, I maybe should mention is that I actually split my time between New York and California. So, wow. uh, so I grew up in New York and I just like was never quite ready to leave New York. So basically, I, I, I go to California and spend time there when I when I need to be working in the cellar, um, and the rest of the time I spend in New York. And a lot of people have a really hard time understanding that for a while. And now I think that everybody's kind of working from home. It's like it just makes sense that most of the time, if you're sitting in front of your computer or making a phone call, you don't have to be in a specific location. 
Right. Uh, he just needs to know what time zone the call starts in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, in 2010, we started picking fruit in the middle of September. And so it's like, all right, well, that's when I went out to California for that harvest. And then, you know, in 2012, we're picking fruit at the beginning of September. So it's like, all right, well, I went out to California a little bit earlier that year. And then the next year, it's like, I'm going out to California a little bit earlier, a little earlier every year. So for me, that was a real, like, sort of, it was, there was something very noticeable. Harvests are getting earlier every year. Um, and the more I started to kind of look into this, it's like, well, why is this happening? Obviously, if we're, there's changes going on in our, in our planet, right, from a, a climate standpoint. Um, so it seems kind of crazy to me that I'm in an industry that is totally dependent on the environment, but I'm not, there's no real sort of interplay or give and take with, or, or um, kind of, I don't know, almost appreciation um, for, for the impact that I was having as a business on the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was something that was kind of playing in the back of my head for a couple of years. And then last year, I, I left Tambor Winery. Um, so now, you know, my former business partner, Josh, still runs that. Um, so I did that in order to start Protector Cellars, which is the world's first uh, beyond carbon neutral winery, meaning that we remove more greenhouse gases from the atmosphere than we emit in the entirety of our process. Wow. Um, so the yeah, so that was kind of like, for me, it was like, let me, let me try to really tackle this thing head on. It's something that I'm noticing and I don't see anybody addressing it. So let me step up and address it. Um, so I think it's interesting because people are not aware that the wine industry has that big of an impact on the climate or has that much impact on the environment. Right. Because people think it's just wine. There's just grapes. People pick right. them and then like, you know, it goes back into the into nature. So, like, how does it really impact nature? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I would say that the wine industry itself is is far from the biggest global emitter of greenhouse gases. But when you look at agriculture, that's something between 25 and 33 percent of, of global emissions are from agriculture. So just kind of thinking about wine as an agricultural business, you know, and how it fits into that. Um, and also, again, just the fact that as a, you know, as an agricultural industry, we're so dependent on on the environment. And basically, you know, when it come down, comes down to it on the weather, I mean, like I was saying about how harvests are getting earlier, it's not just, you know, okay, I'm going to, all it is is changing the time of year that we're making wine. It's also, it's changing the areas that wine grapes can can successfully grow. Mm. You know, as the climate changes, places that have been, you know, that have been seen as these supreme spots for for growing certain wine grapes are going to no longer be viable for those grapes, for those types of varieties, and potentially for any grape varieties at all. So, you know, a lot of what I've heard about reaction in the wine industry to climate change is people are planting um, grape varieties that are more heat resistant. People are 
planting in areas that are at higher elevation and were previously thought to be too cold for for wine grape production. Um, and I get it. That makes sense. You know, if they have these ongoing businesses, they want to make sure that 20, 30, 40 years from now, they still have a viable business. But on the other hand, it also kind of upsets me that it's like, okay, so we're going to we're going to try to adapt to climate change, but we're not going to try to mitigate or fight climate change. Right. And so that's that's where I wanted to step in and try to do something. Well, you're not trying. You are definitely stepping in. And we want to say thank you because you are helping the air be better for us to breathe and to live longer. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And, and you know, let's not forget, I'm also helping keep these wine growing regions viable. And since we're all wine drinkers, I think we, we should all think that's important. Yes, I think it's very important. <laughs> I mean, hello, where are hello? we going to get our juice from? You know? Exactly, exactly. These, these cups don't fill themselves. And mm-hmm. We're making sure that we can continue filling them. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, if we if we can't grow if we can't grow wine grapes anymore, we might all be drinking Tang in thirty years. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my god. That that might be our only option. I like what you just did there. You you get the heart from that. People we do not want you drinking tang. Tang is not okay. It's not okay. No one should be drinking tang in 2020, okay? Wine is yeah. okay, tang is not. Or even in 2050, no no tang. No 20 no tang in 2050. There's gonna, there's going to be like some some people who really love tang that are going to send you some hate mail. I think over this, or maybe they're going to send me hate mail. <laughs> they're going to send us both. They're like astronauts <laughs> drink tang, and I'm like, and we're getting trolled about tang. <laughs> there's going to be like a tang group. I'm like, but do you drink wine? Because like, why were you listening to this if you drink? Because <laughs> we're That's talking true. about why. <laughs> I feel like. The Venn diagram of tang, tang drinkers and wine drinkers, there's probably not a lot of crossover. So there's you're right, you're no right. intersectionality between the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, so I wonder more about your wine types. So how many like types of wine do you have at Protector Cellars? So I, my initial release, oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this. I should mention because it is 2020. I launched this brand right at the beginning of a global pandemic. What? So it's, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. Um, but I launched uh, earlier this year with three wines, um, a, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Cabernet Sauvignon, and a Rosé. And Wow. That, yeah. I mean, one, you get another harp because that is successful because you launched. That is past tense, meaning you did it. So congratulations to you for launching this year, regardless of it being a pandemic, because people people were like, I'm going to, you know, do a lot of things during the pandemic. And they bought, you know, like the guitar and never... <laughs> Never well, even opened the box. So yeah, well, it was it was already well in the works, you know. <laughs> like, don't, uh, don't congratulate me yet. There was no turning back at that point. You can congratulate me when all of your listeners come and buy some wine, and then I'll be successful. Well, you know what? We're gonna make sure that that happens because this is delicious. So I'm drinking some now. I'm drinking the rosé now, and it's so delicious. Do you mind talking Thank through you. the rosé, like? 
Yeah, yeah I would the, love the, the, the tasting notes and all of that. It's delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really happy with this rosé. You know, over the last 10 years, I've probably made, you know, 10 rosés. Um, but this is, this is a rosé that I made differently than any rosé that I've made in the past. And I know, you know, we talked briefly that some of your listeners probably know there's there's different styles of, of making rosé. Um, you know, the most common styles being um, a press rosé, where basically you have red grapes and you just press them. And the juice that comes out is, it just has a tiny bit of color. Um, the second way is called saigné, which is French for bled, the past tense of bleeding. Um, and it's basically you crush you crush red grapes and let the juice sit on the skins for some amount of time. Usually, you know, let's say between a half an hour and a day, um, and then you then you take some of the juice off of the skins, and, and at that point, it's it's gotten some color from the skins. And then the last uh, way would be a blended rosé, which is when you take red wine and white wine and blend them together to make pink wine, and that's the. That's the least common, um, but so this this rosé is actually a combination of a Sanye rosé and a blended rosé. Um, so I had some Sanye rosé from uh, from my Cabernet mostly, um, which was for my red wine, and then it had like this this great sort of red fruit. Um, you know, strawberry, but it was like a little bit, I don't know, a, there was like a little bit of a, a darker red fruit, almost like a plumminess to it. Um, but it had, just had like this great sort of, I don't know, it's, you know, wine is so textural and hear that in, in relation to, to a, a beverage. But, um, but so then I had this, my, my Sauvignon Blanc, which was, which is also Candace's Sauvignon Blanc. And I blended some of that into the rosé, and it just sort of really lifted the aromatics. So you still had these these red fruit characters, and it sort of made the fruit even you know, lighter in a sense, like that, that plumminess almost went away and sort of gave way to more of like a, a watermelon flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a descriptor that I personally love and I, like this flavor that I love in rosé is um, I like a, there's like a bubble gummy character Ooh. and you know I've had some people be like that sounds disgusting why would I want to drink bubble gum and they still really like the wine and maybe they don't get that flavor but it, you know it's so it's so cerebral as well as you know it's like hitting on all of your senses so for me it's like I can't describe it other than bubble gummy, you know, but when it hit that, when I, when I blended the, the Sauvignon Blanc and the Saigne and I kind of like got that bubble gum, I was like, this is, this is it. This is the blend. Yes. I mean, I love it. It tastes so delicious. I am like scrumptulescent. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. So yeah, that's <laughs> It sounds good, though. Yes, scrumptulescent is very good. Is effervescent and scrumptulicious, all in one word. Yes. Oh, that that is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Willy Wonka taught that to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is very, very good. So, how can people 
not only like get some of this rosé, but also get some of the white wine, the Savion Blanc, and and your red wine, and also follow you. Okay. Well, um, everything is protect your sellers, um, and that's seller like a wine seller, um, not like somebody who sells things. Uh, <laughs> you got to be so, clear because polls yeah, just- and polls were are. You know, and people were like, go to the polls. And they're like, bold, bold. I'm like, yes, I get it. Yeah. You know, you got to gotta make it clear. Very um, clear. So, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the website is protectorsellers.com. The social media is at protectorsellers, um, except for Twitter, which it's too many characters for them. But I've never used Twitter and I, I haven't figured that out yet. But uh I mean, Twitter I is so like it's for news. We we don't have news here. We we just got wine for you here. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe maybe in twenty twenty one I'll figure out Twitter. But yeah, we'll 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 stay away from that for now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, so the, you know the wine's available on my website. It's available. Um, there's a also a. Um, a company called Vegan Wine that sells the wine on their on their website. They wait, sort of wait, a, we need to rewind it. Is this vegan too? The wine is vegan. Yes. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, a lot of a lot of wine is vegan, um, but and a lot of wine is not vegan. Uh, so, this is a a uh, a company, Vegan Wines, that. They have a wine club and a, a website that they, you know, they, they sell all vegan wines. So I think for, you know, I'm not, I'm not personally a vegan, but I do, I do support, you know, the idea of at least trying to eat less meat. For me, it's an environmental issue. Um, but, you know, obviously people have different, different ideas or reasons for, for going that way. Um, but well, I, I I'm think, a vegetarian, so well, this, there, there this, this is very great for my spirit. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm glad I mentioned it then. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there was something I knew I wanted to, to, to highlight. And there it is. You did it. On, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. From vegetarians yeah. and vegans everywhere. Thank you for thinking of us. <laughs> so yeah, the wine is vegan. Um, and uh, let's see, there's also, there's a company out there called Simple Switch um, that they sell products that are, um, you know, environmentally focused. So that's another another place where you can get the wines. Um, I'm in a couple stores in New York, mostly in Brooklyn, a um, couple stores in California. And, you know, it's, it's been, again, Launching during a pandemic, it's been interesting getting trying to get the wines out there into into different markets. But it's something I'm working on. So hopefully, um, you know, be in be in your area soon. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, it's it's available at those spots. So yeah, yes. and and I think there's a there's a well there's a coupon code on my website for Rose Hour. Ooh, so check the website out so you can get the coupon. Yeah, we love Rose a good hour, but it's I don't I didn't know how to if you could put in like an accent, so it's just Rose Hour, you know. But you guys know what it means. We know what it means. It Rose you know Hour, what it means. just like my name Rose. Renee has an yeah, accent. It, exactly. Um, oh, that's why you like Rose so much because it also has the same accent. Now it all makes sense. Renee loves Rose. And speaking of me loving Rosé, I gotta ask this question. It's our last question for you. 
And it's, it's, this is a serious question. A serious question for a serious time. All right, I'm getting serious. Very serious. What is your favorite rosé? Dun, dun, dun. Damn, Renee, I didn't see that one coming. I know, okay. right? Blindsided. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, that's... That's a very tough question to answer. I would say asking asking a winemaker anytime what's their favorite wine, but I would say that a, a rosé that I had very recently that I really loved um, was from a friend of mine, and he has a brand called Summer Somewhere. Um, and he made a, a it's a press rosé from Grenache. So, um, you know, again, he just, the, the Grenache, whole clusters go straight into the press and the juice comes off immediately. It has almost no color. It almost looks like a white wine. Um, and it just has a great balance of acidity. Um, and you know, it has like a very white whiny, um, character to me. And so I just, I just felt like it was I, I was I was really pleased. I tasted that wine out of barrel with him a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed it. Ooh, it spoke to your spirit animal of rosé. <laughs> yeah, who, who even knew I had a spirit animal of rosé? I mean, because it's not an <laughs> animal, but you know, it spoke to it. <laughs> well, Alex, this has been so much fun, and you know, we have to have you back on. I feel like you should be like on monthly. <laughs> Put me down. I'm ready. Okay, we're going to... So, Alex is going to be on monthly, guys. Uh, He is my best friend that I should have met in first grade or kindergarten. Kindergarten. Come on, Renee. Kindergarten. I've been drinking rosé. Okay. Fair enough. enough. I've been drinking Protector Cellars (laughs) rosé. Clearly, it's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) But no, in all seriousness... This has been so much fun, Alex. And we want to say thank you so much for giving us some time and talking with us today. And we definitely have to have you back on. So please, please, please let us know when your calendar is free because you are awesome. <laughs> it, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on, Renee. I had such a good time finally meeting my long-lost best friend. Oh, thanks, Bestie. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Awesome interview. Thanks, Alex. And don't forget to check us out tomorrow for tours on Instagram Live at 7 p.m. with Bartender Ben and Alex as he gives us a tour of the vineyard. How dope is that? So you definitely want to stay tuned and follow, 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 like, subscribe. We are at the Rose Hour Podcast dot com and on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We are there. Want to thank both of our guests today. Uh, Alex and uh, Jamie, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Shout out to Bartender Ben as he's doing this new series tour. So don't forget yet again, tomorrow, 7 p.m. IGTV Live, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, friends, if you haven't already, like, follow, subscribe to our podcast. We're on all podcast platforms. And until next week, cheers, good friends. Yay!